just tell you a little bit about me so you know why I'm here and why would I do what I do. I live just north of Nashville, Tennessee. Um, my husband and I have eight children and six grandchildren. And in 1995, I was a patient in a mental hospital. So welcome to the afternoon So that's my story. And I hope you won't think I'm too flip about mental illness, but if you do, I would say, as I do every week, that's my story, that's how I share it, and that's the story that brings me to you today. So welcome, friends, to Consider Yourself Hugged, episode 35. Today's hug, Q&A from my fabulous listeners, which would be you. I am Dr. Tammy West, here every week to bring you tips on living a life that brings you mental and emotional well-being. Y'all, I am so happy that life gives me, every single week, the opportunity to think to myself, ugh, I don't have time to record this week, I'm just going to have to skip it, it's not the end of the world, life is too crazy, I'm just tired. Every week I have that opportunity. And I love that because then I get to make the decision, okay, and hopefully if you know me by now, you know that's one of my favorite words, like decide and choose. So I get to make the decision to always focus on what I love and what's important. And I love this. And this past week, it did give me opportunities, some good, some challenging. So the good, I had four of my grandkids here for most of last week, which was awesome. My husband was home for part of that. And for those of you with grown kids and grandkids, when they come, it is so wonderful. It is so much fun. And you love it and you love them. And when they leave, you're like, oh my God, how did I ever raise children of my own? I can't lift my foot. I'll need three months to recover. I can't get off the couch. We did things like we took our 16-year-old driving like on the interstate to Nashville. She actually did great. But you can imagine like the level of... <gasps> you know, just kind of holding your breath, but she really did great. We went to a local festival on the square, which had like thousands of people. We had to figure out what to eat for every single meal. Like, and if I'm by myself last week, one night I had peanut butter or the week before I had peanut butter on a hot dog. So I'm just, I eat whatever's in the house. We ran errands. It was like non, nonstop. It was great. So that that's the good thing. Like, you know, sometimes life gives you gives you craziness, but it's so good. In the middle of that, Charlie. So Charlie, my golden, I think most of you know him by now, my year and a half, bestie, bestie friend, Charlie. We had an issue with him too. So he gets up Thursday morning and he's limping. One week prior, he had been limping, but just for like a few hours. But this time he's limping. So we have the grandkids. We leave, we go run errands. He won't eat breakfast. So we just go. We come back. He's limping worse. His foot is swollen. He will not eat. He really won't get up much unless we force him to get up. So finally, I made that difficult decision. Y'all know what that decision is. Yeah, I took him to the emergency vet. And I knew. I was like, okay, there goes our retirement. We'll have to get a home equity line of credit. I don't know what we're going to do. And it was. It was a lot of money. But it turned out I mean, I'm really glad that we did take him. He had a fever. At that point, he wasn't really getting up much at all. Um, And they so they sedated him and shaved his foot. And they found, they think what happened is the week before when he was limping, he had stepped on something, like had a puncture wound. And then it was fine. You know, he just stepped on whatever it was. Couldn't have been a nail, a thorn. But then bacteria were in there. And throughout this whole week, it 
grew. And so he had this big abscess on his foot, which was what was giving him the fever. So they they did all the stuff they had to do. We had to pick him up, my 80-pound dog, put him in the car. And then I stayed up with him overnight because he was still sedated. And ah! But he's doing great. In case you're worried, he's doing great. I'll post a picture. And so here we are, though. I mean, I wanted to do this. I always want to do this. I love this. And here we are, episode 35. So thank you. Thank you so much for being faithful and listening and for responding to my call last week. I asked you all for Q&As and you sent some in. So I got some directly on Facebook, some by private message, some by email. And I mentioned to you, I think in the post that I want to keep the show to a listenable, doing air quotes, length. And just based on as I'm doing my responses, I thought, well, I'm going to do two today. And I think I will try to do the Q&A once a month. So keep sending them. I promise to answer ASAP. Make sure you keep listening if I haven't answered yours. I did want to start with the story of someone who did ask me for help. It was they, they wanted my advice last year, and they reached out to me privately. And I told you in the post where I asked for, for questions, I will never reveal anything that could give away someone's identity. So I am absolutely just going to sort of be very generic here. But I really want you to hear this story before I jump into answering the two questions, because I want us all to have the right heart and mindset when you ask for advice. And then what is it exactly that you're looking for? So this woman wrote to me and where she works, she has um, a direct manager. And then there's Um, a higher level manager who's in charge of a bigger group of people. And so she worked part time for this company. She's been trying to get on full time, she says, for four years. Um, They're not hiring her full time, but they did go ahead and hire somebody else full time. And then she also told me that she was not allowed to take breaks, that the person sometimes would like kind of smack her on the arm, uh, telling her to work faster, Um, no lunch break, no time to leave at all, you know, her workstation. And her pay has also not been increased. And so the person says, can you help me? So I wrote this person back and I said, you have a lot of things going on here. The first thing I want you to do is to list them out and then number them according to what is the most important. She did tell me a couple of things, but she said all of them are important. But she did number three things. So I said, okay, let's take the first one. And I asked her a few questions about the first one. Finally, I was asking her to make a list of some ways that she might address that first one. And her response to me was, not to be rude, but I need real help with my job, not just talking it out. Do you have any information on how I can get in touch with XYZ, which was a bigger agency? I mean, let's be real here, okay? Please take me seriously. The main reason I'm sharing this story is not to be critical or judgmental or embarrass anybody. It's just to say, talking it out making lists, looking at options, working things through is real help. It's the most important, powerful skill 
that you will ever have in your life. So I hope this is something you will take to heart as we go through just the first two questions that were posted today. And I don't know, my thoughts, my opinions, please comment on the blog to keep these questions going or, or your thoughts, because mine is only one little piece of many, many different opinions. So here we go. We're going to do two today, and I'm going to start with number one. And I think this was posted directly on Facebook. The question is, do you find a connection between a healthy mental and emotional well-being and having an understanding of who you are through the eyes of God? Well, if you know me or if you've been a listener for any amount of time, you know I am a Jesus-following Christian. So the only way for me to answer that question is Yes, of course, I absolutely see a connection. Now, having said that, I believe for women, Scripture can sure be used to help see who we are through the eyes of God. Unfortunately, it can also be used to harm depending on the interpretation. It's not God that's the problem. It can be people. So too often, I think we as Christians say, oh, we're Christians and we believe in the Bible, But I found that many don't read it or study it and mostly get their information from what other people say, like preachers or even Facebook posts or books written by people about the Bible. And depending on maybe their denomination, their interpretation, we as women might be told that we're inferior, that we're not smart, that we have nothing to contribute, that we have a, quote, place in society, that we are here to obey etc. Now that's way more than we could go into now, but in order to understand who we are in the eyes of God and to have a healthier mental and emotional sense of self, self, then we need to understand what he says, not what other people say. I hope that that's good advice and a good answer. I'd love to do a show on this very topic, but My husband would always say, ooh, you are opening yourself up for lots of criticism if I choose to talk about my views on self and women, especially in the Bible. And I am saying women. This question did come from a woman. Uh, But if there's an interest, I am all over it. I am going to post a link to a book that is really deep to read. Um, Actually, I don't think I ever read, finished the whole book, but it really did change the way that I viewed reading the Bible and how it applies to my life. So be sure to check that out. Um, and let me know if you have other resources too. I'm, I may try to look for one that's not quite as deep, but this one I particularly loved. I strongly encouraged you to know what you believe, whatever that is. Of course, I, I hope that it is Christianity and I have strong feelings about that. But whatever you believe, know what it is. You know what I mean? Know what goes along with it, whether it's the Bible or whatever it is. What do you believe? And then deeply strive to use that to help you live that life of mental and emotional well-being. So I do hope that that helped and answered your question as good as I can in a short session like this. So that was number one. Number two, how can someone lead others when they are not emotionally stable or wrestle with unresolved wounds that need to be healed. Phew! Well, without knowing the details, and this is part of the reason I opened up with that story earlier, because I am going to list some things out. But but I'm going to try to put some specifics in there too. 
So if you're the person who asked this question, I don't remember if this was private or on Facebook um, or email. I just, I don't remember, but please chime in. Um, we can go back and forth with this for a little bit. That would be fun. So I have A, B, C, D, E. That's what I have written down here to answer that question. So let's start with A. Um, first of all, so by lead, air quoting here, I'm assuming you mean at work. Um, these steps can still work, but that's kind of my assumption when you said lead. So first, decide what leadership looks like to you. Read as many books or articles or whatever it is on the issue of leading people in difficult situations. I'm going to post a link to one of my favorite books. It's kind of old, but it's called The Leadership Challenge. I'll post it in there. So do you have a heart for leadership? Because leading is about people, right? So if you have a heart for leadership and you have been trusted in the leadership position, then you are in an awesome position. So that's where I would start. Um, what what does leadership look like to you? Do you have a heart for leadership? Read some things about it. Even maybe Google leading through emotions and see, and I'll, I may post some other links as well, but at a minimum, I'll post that book. So that's first. B, second, I'm always very cautious using phrases like not emotionally stable or emotionally unstable. So the second step is list what you mean by that. Like, is this person lashing out? Are they acting like a maniac? Are they yelling? Are they crying? Are they not showing up to work? Um, are they not finishing work? Um, are they not participating? Are they not part of the team? You know, what is it? And is it affecting the work? Is it affecting other people? Um, and then the wounds. What are the wounds? Do you know this because they've shared it with you? And I would be very specific, you know, is it an emotionally abusive situation that they've dealt with or, or verbally or domestic abuse, or is it a death? You know, what are those wounds? So that's the second thing. Okay, first decide what leadership means to you and learn some about it. Second, be careful about that phrase, emotionally unstable, and instead list the, the behaviors. What is the person doing? C, next just make sure that you are doing or not doing what's legal in the eyes of HR. And also make sure you aren't trying to be a therapist unless you are one. You will never see me giving therapy type advice here, especially if I just know very little about the situation. Like, for example, if you are leading someone who's been through domestic violence and you say, well, what you need to do is go out and find a man who will treat you right and that will help you heal. Ooh, you could be given really dangerous advice. So just check with HR. If you have an HR um, in your company, just make sure that you're not doing anything that is out of the, the legality of, of your job. Letter D. Make a list, and this is where my, my woman from before was irritated with me. Make a list of behaviors that are of primary importance and then you can address Okay, with care and concern, of course. I mean, you still want to have that heart for leadership. For example, if this person is lashing out at others, maybe saying something like, stop asking me when I'll have that report. I'll have it when I have it. So what you can do is script a conversation that will address that behavior. And I'm going to post a link to the emotional conversation wizard that I have. I think I've put it in another session, but I'll put it here. So make a list of the behaviors and then what you can do and address. Practice. Get feedback. 
test your heart because people know if you script out a conversation with them and then you just like say it verbatim, like, well, you know, number one, number two, number three, and you use all of those uh, words, those assertive type words, like I hear what you're saying, or I'm not saying don't say those, but you got to use your heart. So that's D. And finally, the last thing is just more of a caution. Be cautious in thinking that you need more than talking it out, as I mentioned with that woman earlier. And listen, I want you to know my heart too. It is tough to be in a leadership position, period. Okay, because everybody, yeah, I just thought of this. Most of us are emotionally unstable. We all have unresolved wounds. The difference is some people act out more than other people do. So having that that leadership heart and figuring out what you want to do going forward with this person, it just changes your mindset and it helps you get into a new place. So stay in touch. We would all love to know if this is something um, that I can continue to address publicly at all. I would love to hear what you have to say. So those are our first two Q&As. Um, one thing about, you know, the first one was the connection between, and I'm going to go further with just that, the eyes of God and who you are and the connection between a healthy mental and emotional well-being. And it goes even deeper than that. It's really knowing what you believe and then using that to find your identity. And number two, um, leading people. And you can you can extend that out too. Being in a relationship with, at all with someone who has wounds that might be leading them to behave in an inappropriate way can really be a big old pain. So this can help you as well, even if you're not leading those people. And that is our time for today. I hope you learned something that will help you. Please pass the show link along to a friend or two and continue to send me those questions for our Q&A every month. Head over to TammyWest.com if you'd like to get information for me to speak at your next event. And also, I will post all of the links and pictures or whatever I said in the show notes. The monthly giveaway will come from leaving a comment on the blog, so be sure to do that. We are still doing a Consider Yourself Hugged mug, which I'll probably change next month. I know you will love it. And thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for being faithful listeners and helping us to grow this little community. And finally, remembering our mental and emotional well-being goal, which I believe is so pertinent this week when we were thinking about dealing with people who may be acting out of their wounds. I hope that you will renew your thoughts daily, adopt empowering language that prevents verbal harm to yourself and others, and make positive mental and emotional choices every single day of your life. And until next time, consider yourself hugged.